Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Bay Area Panthers pod. Part of the 95.7 The Game podcast network. Where you'll find analysis, news, notes, and more about the Bay Area Panthers of the Indoor Football League. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Grandy and Evan Giddings. What's going on, everyone, and welcome into episode 15 of the Bay Area Panthers pod. Your host, Evan Giddings, along with Mark Grandy, as always, coming to you every single week on the 95.7 The Game podcast network. Go, go there to check out every single episode from this season until now. And after uh, another loss, Mark, for the Bay Area Panthers, the losing streak extends to 12 after they fall to the San Diego Strike Force this past weekend by a final score of 66-26. to 26. Another similar script to some of the ones that we've seen in prior weeks, though this time one in which, at least from what I saw, having watched the first half a couple times, watching the second half, although with the Panthers only scoring seven points at most in each of the four quarters in this game, you know, I really wanted to try and focus on where the game sort of turned. And I think we're both on the same page as to where it happened, some more late half inability to close for the Panthers that San Diego, in this case, used to sort of steamroll a domino effect that really slid everything downhill in favor of San Diego, a team that, by the way, was the only win on the Bay Area Panthers' ledger to this point in the season. They go down to Southern California, two very different teams, mind you, than the first time that they met on week one of the IFL season, uh, but still the Panthers fall 66-26. to What was your first and overall takeaway from the game, Mark. Well, yeah, I mean, it was it was competitive early again. Uh, we kind of sound like a, a bit of a broken record, you know, talking about how this team is playing good portions of games. Uh, this most recent game down in San Diego, the good portion was the first quarter and the first maybe half of the second quarter. But from that point on, it, it got ugly quick. It was 14-13 San Diego was out ahead when Dwayne Gary scored for the second time in the first half, getting his team back within a single point. 
And then things kind of fell apart. 20 to 13. San Diego scores again, 26 to 13. Then again, 32 to 13. And again, 38 to 13 before the Panthers eventually put an end to that run, a 24 to nothing run. Uh, a few minutes into that third quarter, it goes from 14 to 13 to 38 to 13 before Dwayne Gary scores his third touchdown of the game. He was the bright spot as he has been for much of this year, but that kind of quarter long, you know, amount of time, 15 total minutes ish from, you know, midway through the second to the early part of the third, it's what turned this game. And we'll talk more specifics about some of those scores for San Diego, um, but again, Evan, like you said, it, it's a similar story. Panthers played maybe a good 20 minutes of this game, but the other 40 minutes, uh, just not nearly good enough. And it's what it cost them this one. The script also similar in the sense that the 40 point differential, definitely, definitely not telling of the overall game and just one where, you know, I, I heard the San Diego broadcasters mention it throughout the, the game, but you know, just the fact that the Panthers haven't been able to muster enough points to be able to stay in these contests. You're looking at the last just five games on, on their schedule, and understandably, the roster has changed a lot, which affects it. But you know, 26 points against San Diego, 33 against Tucson, 21 against Arizona, 23 against Arizona in back-to-back weeks, 27 against Northern Arizona. That is a number that you know, for whatever reason, just has not been able to to rise really at all throughout this season, except for once into the 40s, an area, at least from the rest of the league that we've seen in terms of averages, is almost essential to win these football games, not, not only to, to remain you know neck and neck with your opponent, but also just to give your defense a breather. And right now, the, the Panthers' defense, I, I think unfairly, has kind of taken a lot of the blame just because of the, the total numbers that the opponents have put up against them. But this was a game in which... You know, they kind of had San Diego in check in the first half. They were running the ball well. And taking a look at the team totals at this point, you know, they they dominated on the ground, had 20 total attempts compared to the amount through the air, 15, three rushing touchdowns. You mentioned Dwayne Gary, and I think a, a bounce-back performance from him who had been a little quiet over the previous couple of weeks. 83 yards led the way, you know, Three and a half yards per carry on the ground. That was a, a mark that Kurt Bryan had told us on the podcast in last week was one that they were sort of aiming at, but just unfortunately unable to keep their opponent under wraps. And so the defense is one where I'm looking at you know a couple of missed tackles, some one-on-ones that they just weren't able to wrap up. Devontae Sapp Lynch had a huge game for San Diego. Jorge Reyna had a even bigger game at the quarterback position, throwing for seven touchdowns and running for one. And then, of course, just you know, a, a play here or two, a freak play that goes against the Panthers, and boom, you look up, you're down 30 points. And at the at least coming out of the half, you know, you're you're down 25-30, and you're just almost out of the game at that point. So, yeah. you know, it it's it, it's a tough place to be, especially with the record being what it is. Uh, but this game had a, had a chance for, for the Panthers, as each of the previous 11 games have for the Panthers. They had a chance to grab the momentum, but whether it be to a penalty, you know, a, a fumble, a missed kick, a missed tackle, their opposition fed off of it. And I think that's what happened today or over the weekend against San Diego. Yeah, I think the play you're talking about is the same one I'm thinking in my head. Let's, let's kind of set it up and, and run through what exactly happened. 
late in the first half, about 35 seconds left, Evan, late in the first half, with uh, San Diego up 20-13. to 13. They had the ball facing a second down and 20. Second and 20 with 35 seconds left in the half. If you're the Panthers, you're thinking, all right, get a stop, go into halftime down seven points, and we got a, we got a chance. We got a, a real good chance in the second half to win this game. You're only down by seven right now. San Diego, they convert on second and 20. They get a first down. They eventually get into the end zone with eight seconds left. And you mentioned some broken tackles. That was a play where Marquise Hoodie Rogers broke three different tackles on a catch uh, before running into the end zone. Uh, eventually, you know, after the two-point attempt was no good because their kicker was injured, it's 26-13. to 13. San Diego leads with eight seconds left. Because their kicker is hurt, it's Devontae Sapp Lynch, their star running back, the brother of Marshawn Lynch, one of the owners of the Panthers. He's the one kicking the ball off back to the Panthers. It's fielded by Dresante Dorton, who we know has been electric with the ball in his hands in limited time with the Panthers this year. He runs it up the right side at around the 10-yard line or so. The ball is stripped by the guy who kicked it, Devontae Sapp Lynch, and the ball bounces in such a way that Sapp Lynch is able to recover it and run it into the end zone as time expires. So not only do you not get a stop when they're facing second and 20 with about 30 seconds left in the half, but then you fumble the ensuing kickoff, and unfortunately San Diego returns it for a touchdown. The thought of being down by seven at half suddenly is a wish, a, a prayer, because now suddenly you're down by 19 points going into the second half. And guess what? San Diego gets the ball to start the third quarter, and they score pretty quickly again. And as you mentioned, suddenly the game is out of hand, and really any hope that you have of trying to win this game has all been washed away. And it's it's moments like that where it happens over two total minutes of game time, three total minutes of game time, three touchdowns for San Diego spanning the, the two halves in this game. You just can't have moments like that in this league where – it's a, it's, it's a short field. Scores happen so quick. The momentum shifts in, on split seconds of game action. Uh, and it's happened to the Panthers very often this year, and it was another case this past weekend. And I'm not sure if it's a situation where, you know, because they tend to happen toward the end of, of halves or yeah. quarters where it, it's not like the Panthers are, are saying, hey, there's eight seconds on the clock. We just got to get to the locker room. You know, but... It almost sort of feels that way, and I'm sure there there's an eerily familiar feeling that sets in when these plays do happen. And I know that the question that we've been asking is, well, how can we find as a, as a as a Panthers team, how can we find ways to win? I mean, just just to get the monkey off your back. But you know, maybe we need to dumb it down to what are ways to make winning plays? Because in a lot of cases, it's been. I mean, we've we've broken it down each game over the course of these podcasts. It's been one to four, I'll say four plays that in a lot of cases determine the outcome of these games. And that's what's so exciting about the IFL, but in the case of the Panthers, it's also been so demoralizing is because for us who've you know watched all these games, who have had a chance to cover the team and get to know these players, you know that it isn't a lack of effort, but it's just, you know, it's it's a hair of, you know, checking out, it's a hair here of not being able to to get to that 50-50 ball, and it seems to be always falling on the opposite side of the coin for the Panthers. And so, you know, for me, I'm looking at in the second half, right, how how do we 
how do the Panthers come out and try and make winning plays? And I think that's what needs to be the focus going forward. It just feels tough when the strike force are the only team you got to win against on your schedule. You're going into their building, a chance to sweep the season series and prove to yourself that you can return from, you know, what whatever the lowest point of the season has been. And they're unable to get the job done. I'm also sure there was a lot of, you know, motivation on the side of the strike force, understanding that the Panthers have their lone win against you, co-ownership. You know, you're under the same ownership group. There's a little bit of a internal rivalry going on with them, especially being in the Western Conference and trying to fight to get out of that seller spot. But it's it's frustrating and it's it's disheartening when you see the Panthers, and, and we're going to get into how the roster has changed from week one now to this week here against San Diego, but it, it's tough when, when you think about all the little plays that add up to the big loss and for me, it's about not even more about getting the win, but finding winning plays yeah. within what has been, you know, a, a struggle of a season so far. Yeah, it's about finding. I mean, we've I think we've done a good job of this on on the pod as well, Evan. It's it's finding, you know, the winning plays like you mentioned. It's 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 digging and finding the positives because even in a game like this, where you know you're you're down by forty in the second half and you lose by that that uh, number 40, 66 to twenty six, the final score. There's still certainly positives, you know, when you look back at, at the film of this game and, you know, that's what the coaching staff, of course, is going through. There's, you know, a lot of ugly, a lot of things to work through and a lot of things to point out to the guys that practice this week and next week as the team has a bye this week, which, you know, I think certainly does come at a good time. But, you know, we talked about Dwayne Gary. He was really good over the weekend. He had 15 of those 20 carries by himself, three touchdowns. Ultimately ends up, you know, not the uh, the greatest yards per carry number, but he broke a number of big ones and, and had some good touchdown runs. I thought Vincent Espinoza, despite that fact that he made a couple of turnover-worthy throws, was ultimately pretty good. And when you consider that this is, you know, the team's backup quarterback, you know, the second string right now, entered the season as the third string guy who has kind of been on and off the roster all season long. I think you've seen him take multiple steps forward the last couple of weeks. I thought he was really good with his legs over the weekend, Evan. You know, five carries, 31 yards, not going to blow you out of the water. But you can tell that he's getting more comfortable in the pocket. He's throwing the ball more often. 25 passing attempts, 15 completions this week. But he's picking the right time to leave the pocket and use his legs and run. Um, so I think you can find things like that where there is progress being made, but it's hard to to really see that and feel good about that when your team is losing by 40 points to the only team you've beat so far this year. And it's not like San Diego is, you know, this team that's completely healthy and playing with all their star players. I mean, San Diego... They're not playing with their starting quarterback either. You think back to the first game of the year, Evan, where you and I were down there at, at SAP Center. Chris Solano was their starting starting quarterback. He only played in two games. He quickly They quickly decided that he's not the guy to lead this team. Steven Cluley then started after that, but he's been hurt for a while. So Jorge Reina, who was the quarterback this past weekend against the Panthers, he's kind of the fill-in. A similar, similar role as Vincent Espinoza started the year kind of off the depth chart as the guy off the roster, the third guy. 
And he played really, really well because, you know, he's been asked to step in because of injury, and he had his best game of the year. I mean, he he uh, threw for seven touchdowns, ran for another, eight total touchdowns for that guy. So, you know, you can certainly find positives for the Panthers, but then again, you look on the other side and, and you see that other teams are dealing with injuries, and, and you see a 40-point deficit, which is, you know, certainly the first thing in your mind uh, when you when you look back at, and, and, and kind of try to analyze this game. Um, but like you said, you can still try to find those winning plays and there are examples of those in this game. And there are examples of, of, of players week to week that you can see getting better. Uh, but when you see the overall score pretty ugly, it's kind of hard to look past that. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name, your price tool from progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Episode 15 of the Barry Panthers pod here, Evan Giddings. You can follow me on Twitter at egiddings10. You can find my partner Mark Grandy on Twitter at Mark Grandy. Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. Make sure to go check out all of our previous episodes on the 95.7 The Game podcast network. Just look for Bay Area Panthers. Also want to remind you, the next home game coming up on July 9th, that'll be a Saturday against the Massachusetts Pirates, the defending IFL champions. And tickets as low as $12. So, you know, definitely not an expensive buy for a lot of fun, and especially a chance to see a, you know, a quality team, one in which the Panthers hope to be in their position And that'll be in a couple of weeks on July 9th at SAP Center. One of two final home games for you to get out to and see. Uh, As far as some updates to the roster, you know, we found out last week there was some some tough news that came down as far as the amount of Panthers that continue to find their way to the season-ending IR. Uh, The name that jumped off the page for me entering this weekend was Boss Tagaloa, uh, a player, went to De La Salle, UCLA, a formidable lineman on both sides of the ball. I was expected to add a lot this season. Always kind of found himself on and off the IR. He is officially done for this season, uh, as well as Cleveland Wallace, who is a member of the original defensive secondary. So he joins, you know, the group of Rayshon Pringle. Um, of course, Gabriel Watson was added to that list a couple of weeks ago. So also um, on the short-term IR this week, Leonard Hayeswood being added, a defensive and offensive lineman. So that is going to hurt the depth on the line for Kurt, Bryan, and co. Uh, Fortunate news, though, Jeffrey Allison activated a big boost to the middle part of that defense, kind of having played the joker position, switching between there and middle linebacker all season long, also has been on the defensive line. 
and uh, a couple of releases to report. Defensive lineman Larry Ross, who, similar to Tagaloa, uh, literally, you know, De La Salle kid, but also didn't really get to chan- get a chance to strut his stuff too much this season just due to injuries. Defensive back Jabari Butler, who was signed a couple of weeks ago, was also released and then signed this week. Zach Miller, who has spent time with the Sioux Falls Storm, also the Wichita Force, kind of a small school guy. He's going to be adding some depth to that secondary for the Panthers, as well as Frederick Frederick Gaines, who's a, a local guy, actually went to St. Ignatius. He's from the city, went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, and graduated in 2021, so he's still a young guy that's going to be added to the secondary. And uh, he was an XFL showcase signing per Kurt Bryan. So, again, a revolving door pretty much at this point with multiple positions. And we're talking about, you know, the, the difficulties of putting together consecutive winning plays, you know, a, a, an entire effort from beginning to end. But, Mark, you know, even though other teams deal with injuries as well, and this is a very physical game, potentially even more so than at the next level just due to how constricted the action is into that 50-yard field. But it's tough when you're seeing guys that you expect to be impact players at the beginning of the season, in the middle of the season as signees, just simply go down due to the name of the game, which is football. It's a physical game. It's one in which you're going to get hit with multiple injuries, and you got to rearrange that 21-man roster. But, boy, it's been tough for Kurt Bryan and, and company to try and find some sort of consistency when they haven't had it in the win-loss column, and you're also being hit by that off the field as well in practice and throughout the week. Yeah, it's difficult. And we've talked about it really all year long, you know, in terms of, the injuries and you've needed guys to fill in in certain spots all year long. You're asking guys to maybe play not necessarily out of position, but in a position maybe they're a little less familiar with. So it's not even just, you know, having a number of guys unavailable, but it's then putting, you know, guys that are active and, and healthy on your roster into positions that maybe they didn't spend all week practicing in because you have some last minute injuries here and there. You know, Joe Newman comes to mind where he literally. Uh, you know, was hurt practice right before a game. Gabriel Watson, who was hurt literally warming up and uh, season-ending injury for Watson. Jury still out on Joe Newman if it will be season-ending. Season-ending, it looks like it's leaning that way with our conversation with uh, Coach Kurt Bryan from last week. Uh, But, you know, the Panthers have been very, very careful not to use any of this as an excuse, but you just look at how different this team is now, Evan. And, you know, some of it is for the better. You know, you kind of, you you learn what you have when you get in games. You adjust your roster accordingly. You learn, oh, this guy is better than we thought. We're going to keep him on our roster now when originally he wasn't. Dwayne Geary comes to mind. I mean, he wasn't on this team's starting running back depth chart at the start of the year. And now he's one of the best running backs in the IFL. So that's an example of, you know, kind of the roster churn helping but for the most part it's been because of injuries and that has caused some major issues I mean you look back at the Panthers first game of the year and there are so many names of guys that participated in that game it was against San Diego the team they just played this last week that either are hurt and aren't active anymore there's there's a number of those and then the other guys are guys that are no longer on the roster I mean you look at who participated in that game and the majority of them 
are no longer available for the Panthers because of injury or because they were released. And it's just, it's, it's kind of remarkable how much this roster has changed in, you know, what, three months from the mid to late March to now mid to late June. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy how different this team is now in those three months. And, you know, just going down the roster itself, looking at the participation from this last weekend against San Diego, you know, Nicholas Brazel, who was at the time at the beginning of the season listed as a wide receiver and was supposed to be kind of the fourth or fifth guy there. He's now is a member of the secondary. He's been playing pretty well on the back line. Brandon Dabney, who has missed a lot of time this season, also opening day, but you know, it's Derek Calhoun, it's Daniel Corral Jr., and it's Khalil Young. Those are those are pretty much the three guys that I'm that I'm looking at that have been consistent mainstays throughout the season from the first time where they beat San Diego to now the second time where unfortunately they lose to the strike force sixty-six to twenty-six. So to your point, I mean the roster is completely flipped. And even if you include you know, a Joe Newman, who unfortunately we kind of just got a glimpse of as he was starting to to find his stride in this league. I mean, even if you put him in there, you're starting quarterback from day one, no longer no longer on the roster. Espinoza, essentially the, the third quarterback from camp, is now your starter and has been faring very well. You know, another 15 completion performance for him, 25 attempts, above 50% passing through the year. Had a late pick, but you know, didn't really factor too much into the game this weekend. So there just has not been very many guys that have been able to stay on this roster for one reason or another. And I think that's got to be difficult for a couple of reasons. Not only one, figuring out exactly who you are who you are, and your identity as a team, both offensively and defensively, but also as a first-year franchise, not really having a consistent voice in the locker room. I think that DJ Calhoun, from reports that we've heard throughout this season, has been one of those vocal leaders. Uh, Khalil Young is a guy who, at least from what I've seen, has sort of led by example. Um, Daniel Crowell Jr. was not originally the number one receiver, but has now been put into that position just by the way that he's played and carried himself along with some guys that have been released or been injured. And he was good this week. He was very good this week. And he, you know, it's unfortunate because amidst that that sort of five-minute stretch in which the game turned that we that we discussed at the beginning of the pod, he did have a big drop on third down that could have extended that drive and prevented San Diego from getting the ball rolling, which they eventually did. But, you know, the six catches for him, he was a consistently open target for Espinoza throughout this weekend. But it's, it's just, it's hard to figure out who you are when you don't have not only you know similar players but similar leaders week to week and and from what I'm looking at the roster then until now you know the two guys that I'm looking at hopefully to kind of you know get this team back on track for the rest of the season is almost on, is almost the defensive guys just because they've been here for the longest and DJ Calhoun and and Khalil Young yeah and I think we we kind of talked about it a couple of episodes ago when we did kind of our our midseason awards episode we talked about a lot about dj calhoun i think i picked him as uh least surprising because you know we at least i and i think you as well and i think the coaching staff expected him to be the guy in the middle of the defense the guy that was going to be there when you needed him consistent performer 
You know, he's a guy who went to Arizona State and he was really good as a Sun Devil. You expect him to, you know, perhaps lead this team in tackles, which he has for most of the year. But you also expect him to kind of be the emotional leader. I mean, we've heard stories from him at practices in the middle of weeks where he's getting on his guys, trying to get them fired up to really lock in and and prep and get ready for a game, trying to tell them, you know, don't get down. We're in a in the middle of a losing streak right now, but we can right this ship. It's It's been DJ Calhoun. And so I agree with you. Um, you know, he's been the guy that's been consistently there, but it's also not just, you know, a one-man job to try to lead a football team. You know, you need a guy on offense. You need a guy on defense, generally speaking, to kind of be those, those kinds of leaders. And uh, DJ Calhoun certainly has been that, but beside him, it's, it's been a revolving door really everywhere else, offensively and defensively. And, and to your point, it's very difficult to kind of keep your emotions right, you know, week in and week out when you look to your left or your right and it's a new guy every week. So um, I think it, it's it's credit to DJ Calhoun and, you know, the, the effort that he's put in despite all the changes around him. Um, but it's a job that is incredibly difficult and likely isn't going to produce a ton of success despite the effort just because of the circumstances going on. Episode 15 of the Bay Area Panthers pod here. Go check out all of our content on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Evan Giddings, Mark Grandy with you. And as we take a look at the last three games of the season, you know, unfortunately, the Panthers mathematically eliminated from the IFL playoffs. And so entering the bye week now with three final opportunities to end the season on a higher note than the last 12. We're looking at a road game on July 2nd. All three of them are going to be on Saturday, by the way. So July 2nd at Vegas, a team against the Nighthawks that beat them here at home early in the season. Then they get their first look at the defending IFL champs on July 9th against the Massachusetts Pirates. That's a home game at SAP Center. And then they end the year on July 16th against the Tucson Sugar Skulls, a team that beat them on the road a couple of weeks ago. If you want to find tickets, just go to barrypanthers.com backslash tickets. Very affordable family fun for everyone that wants to get out to SAP Center. But Mark, I'm, I'm going to answer this and then throw the question at you. But, you know, for me, and we kind of danced around it at the beginning of the pod, what I am looking for these last three weeks, and I might just even keep a, a running total, but the amount of winning plays that I see from the Panthers, because, you know, and, and I'll be interested to see if there's, you know, a number that could potentially lead to victory, if they're able to beat Vegas, Massachusetts, or Tucson in one of these last three games they have. But for me, I just, I need to be able to to look at signs of growth for this first-year franchise that is hoping to continue you know, for years to come, we spoke to co-owner Roy Choi, who pleaded with fans to be patient because he understands that this is a process. Scott McKibben, the team president, a similar sentiment when he joined the Bay Area Panthers pod. And so for me, I'm I'm literally just going to write them down time and see how many consistently they can put together. Because to me, as long as these next three games trend in the right direction, I'm going to feel good about the franchise moving forward because I know that they have you know the the right mindset in place as far as you know not blaming it on injuries not you know folding not blaming each other not blaming whether it be the front office the players uh you know the the training staff 
from top to bottom, this is a t this is a franchise of accountability. And so I want to see how they're able to finish this season. And it might even tell me more about the identity of this group moving forward for the next couple of seasons. And now I want to throw it at you. And what are you looking for over these last three games? Well, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I am interested in, in kind of seeing those winning plays, I will add. I, I think, you know, we've seen a, a fair amount of those. It's just they've been outweighed by the losing plays. So I, I want to, you know, keep a tally of both and see if they can make more winning plays than losing plays. Now, now there's obviously, you know, a, a play like this last week where you, you fumble the kickoff at the last second of the first half and it's returned for a touchdown. Like that's different than a wide receiver making a lead block that leads to a first down. Like those aren't equal mistakes or successes. They have different impacts on winning and losing, but you would love to see those kinds of winning plays outweigh the losing plays. That's not always going to, you know, mean a win, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't always mean you're going to score more points than your opponent, but seeing that outweigh or at least get close to even, I think, uh, would be really nice to see. And, and as you mentioned, would be a nice sign of progress for this team as they head into the you know final three games of their year and into their first official offseason after a full season in the IFL. The other thing, you know, maybe people say, well, you know, what do you even have to gain? Do they even care at this point? They have three games. They're out of the playoffs. They're one and 12. Like, are they even going to come out and, and, and play with, you know, emotion? Do they even want to try to win? And I will guarantee you this. They want to win just as badly as they did five weeks ago when they were still in the playoff hunt. For a team, I'm sure you've experienced this. You know, you played collegiate sports. I didn't play collegiate sports, but even in high school sports, some of the most fun wins are when you can blow, you can deliver a blow to a playoff hopeful team and keep them out of the playoffs. That's what the Panthers have a chance to do against Vegas. You know, not this week. They, they play them the week following after this bye. Vegas right now is a game out of a playoff spot. You play Tucson right now. They're in a playoff spot. If you win that game, maybe you keep them out of the, out of the playoffs. You also have Massachusetts, who is going to make the playoffs, but maybe you make them a worse seed. So there's still a lot to play for. These players, these coaches desperately still want to win. So I'm not worried at all about, you know, effort and, and, and this team, you know, mailing it in, if you will. I'm not worried about that, about that at all. So... For that reason, I'm, you know, kind of what you mentioned, looking at the winning plays versus losing plays, and you can't just throw throw that out the window just because they're out of the playoffs. I think there's still plenty to play for. There certainly is. Three more games left, two at home, SAP Center in San Jose. The next game will be on the road, the final home game of the season on July 2nd. That's a 5.05 kickoff right here on 95.7, the game. And that will just about do it for episode 15 of the Bay Area Panthers pod. We very much appreciate all of you tuning in, sticking with us, as well as the team the entire season. You know, it's been ones of ups and downs. And, you know, beginning the season against San Diego, getting the W now until, you know, week 14, 15, in which things have gone awry. You know, there's a lot left to play for, a lot left to prove, as Mark put so eloquently. But, you know, we still want to hopefully see them finish at some point with a W and if not it'll be about trying to figure out those winning versus losing plays and hopefully the good outweighs the bad uh, at some point in these final three weeks 
So for Mark Granny, my name is Evan Giddings saying so long here. Go check out all of our previous episodes. We got Kurt Bryant, Scott McKibben, Roy Choi. We're going to be having hopefully some more uh, front office interviews coming your way over these previous couple of weeks that we have left. Next week will be a bye week. We'll be back either Tuesday or Wednesday for that episode. And then, of course, finishing out the season in three successive weeks with two final home games that you... Well, we better see you out there at SAP Center. Yeah, come on. I'll tell Get you that. Get your tickets, com. Only $12 at this point, at least from what, what I was checking. And so, you know, it's very affordable, very fun, very electric atmosphere, whether the Panthers are playing at their best or not. And it's a lot of fun and a great game to experience. My, my cousin texted me the other day. said, hey, I got tickets to the Panthers game. I'm going to see you out there. Hey, come on. And also tune into 95.7 The Game during the weekdays. I know we've been giving away some tickets. Yeah. So there might be another opportunity for you to win a pair to get out to SAP Center. But until then, we'll talk to you next week. We appreciate you tuning in to Episode 15 of the Barry Panthers Pot on 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bay Area Panthers Pod, part of the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 